To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Yo, what's happening guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So on today's podcast, I have on Derek Wolf, a retired professional NFL player, a diehard bow hunter, uh, really enjoyed the conversation. So uh, I was able to do this one live at the Expo. Uh, I had Jeff from Predator Pros sit in on the conversation. And uh, so yeah, we just got to hear the story about his bow season and got to hear the story about uh, that giant cat that he was able to harvest. So uh, made for a great podcast, man. He's one of us. Uh, he's got such a passion for bow hunting and bow hunting adventure. So uh, a really cool conversation. We'll get right into it. Just want to thank a couple of my sponsors. I want to thank Zamberlin Boots. I am so impressed by these Zamberlin Boots. The the quality and the crafts, craftsmanship, they just don't cut any corners. Uh, they really make sure that, that they're making the absolute best boot for us Western hunters. So as you guys know, I like the lightweight shoes. Uh, the Saluth uh, has been one of my favorite shoes. It's one of my buddy's favorite shoes. Uh, they, they just uh, do what they're supposed to. They're a little bit burlier, so they hold up to the abuse we put on them in the mountains. They're waterproof, so you don't get dust in your shoe. Your feet don't get wet. And then they also have a Vibram sole that has great rubber that seems to grip, slick slick rocks, loose gravel, uh, grass, all different conditions that we face in the backcountry. So uh, check those out. I also use the Free Blast this season. And also I heard that the Saluth is going to come out with a uh, low-cut boot as well. So if you want a little bit more ankle support but still want that lightweight boot, uh, you can go ahead and check those out. And they have... Just a bunch of different offerings for all different preference of footwear. So uh, go onto their website, go check them out. They're just building a great boot, great mountain shoe. That's Zamberlin Boots. I also want to thank Cutter Stabilizers. Uh, Cutter Stabilizers is ran by my buddy Earl Stroll. Uh, So he designed these stabilizers and and these are an evolution. Uh, They're carbon fiber, so they're lightweight but super strong and durable. Uh, they got a great connection to a bow, and then he has one-ounce weights uh, that you can add or subtract. Uh, I also just talked to him this morning, and he is coming out with a new six-ounce weight, so that'll be handy for me because uh, on mine I use um, the front bar. I use his sidebar bracket, which is bomb-proof, by the way, and then uh, I use a back bar. And so I use a 15-inch out front. I use a 12-inch in the back. I use six ounces out front. 10 ounces in the back. At least that's my last year's setup. Uh, as I start to get this phase four set up, start messing with it, uh, kind of start at some smaller weights and add as I go and really fine tune this bow in, uh, play with the angles on it, and um, yeah, just see if I can. Well, I know I'm going to get this thing to absolutely shoot, but it's so nice uh, with these cutter stabilizers that you can really adjust. The reaction of your bow, uh, you can adjust the hold, so it's just rock steady when your heart's trying to beat out of your chest on that big muley or big bull. So, uh, if you haven't played around with them, they're an absolute game changer. Check out my buddy's company, Cutter Stabilizer. Uh, they'll set you up. I just want to thank Black Ovis. Uh, I was able to meet some guys from the Black Ovis. Uh, company this weekend uh, down at the Western Hunting Expo. Just uh, great guys, really passionate bow hunters. So they're there to answer all your questions. And Black Ovis is an internet retail store. Uh, They have absolutely everything you need for your Western hunts. They carry all the top name brands and they also have their own brand as well. Uh, It looks to be really high quality. Like I say, my buddy Dylan has the Black Ovis puffy pants, which work great for him. Uh, I've also seen sleeping bags and uh, uh, other items as well, so you can check out their brand. Uh, They have some great deals. Uh, You get points for your purchases, and one point equals $1 on your next purchase. Uh, We also have a promo code, so you can save 10% at Black Ovis right now by putting in the code ELEVATED10. Uh, They're a great company, and we really appreciate their support over here at Eastman's. I also want to thank Camo Fire. 
you can find some great hunting deals on Camo Fire. They have 80 new deals every 24 hours, and they're highly discounted items, even though they're top name brands and top gear. Uh, they like they may go on sale because they have excess of a certain size or a certain camo pattern or something like that, but it's all just top-notch gear. Uh, you can save a pile of money by watching this app for hunting deals that come up. You can check them out at CamoFire. Uh, they've got an app you can check out where that stuff pops up on the regular. So thanks to those guys for their support. Uh, over at Eastman, sure was good to get together with those guys here this past week in the Western Hunting Expo. I had a good time. Uh, yeah, we, um, we're working on some more projects that I'm really excited about. We still have our Mule Deer School. Uh, we're working really hard. We're um, uh, bringing in new content to it. Uh, and uh, me and Dan are going to sit down and really work to um, add more benefits to the content. But this is everything I know about hunting mule deer the past 25 years, as well as Dan Picard and Guy Eastman and their knowledge. And really tried to break it down in different sections, all the way from how to research a tag, how to research a unit, how to scout, uh, how, to, how to hunt, how to stalk. Uh, how to execute a shot. I mean, we just broke down absolutely everything uh, that I know about Western bow hunting. We did it in a format where uh, talk one-on-one -on -one with the camera and, and talk about a subject matter and break it down. Also, we do a podcast at the end of each uh, chapter where Dan and I sit down or uh, Dan and, and Guy, and we sit down and we really discuss and break down these items back and forth. Uh, we also do stocks, uh, shots, where we play clips from past mule deer hunts, uh, and then we really break down the clip of what we did right and what we did wrong. Uh, I'm really proud of it. Uh, if you guys are interested, I know it is shorten your learning curve in mule deer hunting. It's a great resource. You can check it out at Mule Deer Course. I believe it's like 99 bucks for a year, uh, which is an absolute deal when you talk about shortening your learning curve by multiple years. So uh, we have that. As always, the, the Beyond the Grid, both magazines, Hunting Bow, Hunting Journal, Hunting Journal. Uh, we're on the Outdoor Channel, Eastman's Hunting TV, and um, Tag Hub to help you do tag research uh, as we are in tag season right now. Uh, you can also bundle some of those items together to save a few bucks. So you can check out some of the deals we have over at Eastmans.com. And, uh, man, I think that's all I got. Let's get into this conversation. Um, man, this guy is an absolute beast. Like, uh, uh, she stands about, you know, I don't know what his height or what his weight is, but if you can just think a professional NFL defensive end and um, uh, a superstar at that. But, um, man, just a giant human being, which makes that cat all that more impressive, you know, when he took that photo uh, because the cat looks huge. Uh, but not only did he have a great cat hunt, uh, goes into deer and elk season. And, um, man, it's uh, what, you happen when you, what happens when you give a professional athlete a bow. Uh, and he has such passion, such focused intensity, man. It was just awesome to talk with him, awesome to connect with him. Uh, I think you guys will really enjoy the podcast. Here we go. You sick and tired talking about this damn mountain lion yet? No, nah, man. No. I love I love hunting, so, you know, yeah, yeah. it was like football, right? It's another passion. I love talking about football, you know, when I was playing. Yeah. And now that I'm done, I kind of do that for a job with sports radio. And it's like, no, I don't want to talk football. I just want to talk hunting all the time. <laughs> so my listeners on the radio love it because I'm always talking. I'm always telling the stories, right? And mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I shot that line, and then I was two hours late to work. <laughs> so I walked in there, you know, gaiters and boots on still and smelling like a, a mountain lion still, and all sweaty and stinky. And they're like, what in the hell are you doing? And I was like, dude, I, you got to hear the story. So that was like one of our most listened to segments we've ever had it was me telling that lion story okay no because right i did it right off the right off the mountain mm -hmm. <laughs> it was pretty funny where do you do the sports broadcasting denver at? okay yeah yeah we're the we're the it's called the it's 104.3 the fan uh denversports.com you can check it out if you want to listen it's, it's pretty good nice. Nice. it's fun to talk about our passions isn't it it's like something you're really passionate about and you really love it comes out naturally and like yep. the best way to learn from somebody too is through story like it captures uh the audience like they uh, you know, I've seen some studies where you get crowds of people and through story, they just retain the information better, like uh, uh, ties back to our ancestry. 
you tying, telling stories. So I can see why that was such a big hit on the radio. Well, this is, the, the, this is a, look, when you talk about backdoor ancestors, right? You know, um, hunting for me, it's like this primal calling. Um, you know, I don't want to pull my Ted Nugent out and, you know, the spirit of the wild, right? But, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that it is, it is a calling. And it's like when, I'm, when I've been away from the, from the woods for too long, it starts calling me and I need to go back, right? And it's like I need to go back and ground myself in the, in the wilderness. And um, that, that's where all the stories started, right? It was hunting stories because guys were, you know, that's how sports all started was getting yourself ready for hunts. Sure. Right? That's how they started doing, you know, any kind of competitive stuff was to get ready to go hunt. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, that's just like it all kind of ties in together. I think that's why, you know, military vets and athletes and all that, we're all drawn to this, to this thing we love to do, this privilege, this great privilege we get in this country. And, uh, you know, I'm willing to do whatever I got to do to fight for it. And mm-hmm. So if it means me taking a little flack from these activist groups, whatever, <laughs> I'll do it. You know, yeah. I'll, I can handle oh, it. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I'm sitting here with Jeff from the Predator Pro podcast and uh, fortunate enough to have Derek in here and uh, get some of his time. So he came here before he won a sheep hunt here at the raffle in about no, an hour or so. No, not yet. Not yet. We'll <laughs> see. Don't jinx me. <laughs> I was trying to give you luck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So before we get into this lion story, I'm curious about your hunting background because to me, like football is like the worst professional sport to play if you're a hunter. Oh, it's right? the worst. Like, it's like yeah, it's, September like it's right is ruined. There. It's, your your whole season's shot. Yeah, you don't get to hunt anything during the rut during, yeah. when you're playing football. But um, yeah, I grew up in Northeast Ohio, so just south of Youngstown, um, right there where uh, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Ohio all meet okay. on the Ohio yeah. River, and there's big whitetail up there. So it's you know we used to get the first day of gun season off for um, uh, of school. You know they used to give us a day off and because they knew we'd all be out there anyways hunting. Yeah, yeah. so um i started hunting when i was you know seven eight years old with my stepdad and um you know when i say hunting he'd just stick me under a tree and <laughs> <laughs> don't move i'm like all right <laughs> sitting there shivering yeah, you know? yeah. and then you see a deer you get buck fever and stuff you know that's that's that was my first experience i saw this big eight point and i just was like every blade of grass seemed to get in the way of that 410 like i just wouldn't pull the trigger because i just was like oh i don't know like it's like i wish i would have had somebody with me because i would have been able to have my first deer you know seven i was like seven or eight you know yeah, i was yeah. pretty young but uh no i was like nine i think it was nine but anyways but i shot my first deer with a bow when i was uh 12 going on 13 so it was like right before my freshman year so i was like a an eighth grade and that ever since then i was hooked you know and then i did a turkey that year too in the spring and i was hooked on it man and turkey and deer were just like everything to me uh not a lot of bird hunting because we didn't have dogs or anything but we'd go out there and kick the bushes around a little bit and try to get some pheasants to pop up you know um but but mostly deer and, and turkey. And then when I got drafted to Denver, um, you know, that t- hunting took was a, like I didn't get to do it all the time because of football, right? So, like, when I did have the opportunity, I was, like, fully locked in on it. Yeah, like, so, like, a, in a given week of practice and games, was there a chance to, to not, get out or not? Not when I was here in Denver. Not really. No, not here in Denver because, like, western hunting and tree stand hunting are way two different things, right? You know, the, on my day off, I just played 60 snaps, got, you know, 45 double teams, two 350-pound dudes trying to kill yeah, me the whole yeah. game. You know, Derrick Henry running the ball. Yeah. It's like, you know. So, no thanks, so you don't want to wake up and go hike anywhere. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm not about to come back from the game and wake up in the morning and, and go hike. That's true. And yeah, then yeah. pack a bull out. Like, no, it's not going to happen. So you so, had to be creative, right? Yeah. Find off-season hunts. Off-season hunts. So I would do things, uh, I would do things like uh, wild boar hunts down in, um, down in Texas, down in Florida. Nice. Yeah, um, yeah. Do, like, uh, exotic hunts and stuff like yeah. that, you know, just to keep stay sharp with the bow and, you know, just waiting for my opportunity. But it, the, the problem is I didn't understand the draw system. Like, I didn't understand, like, the point system and the GMUs and all this other stuff. Because, like I said, in Ohio, you go, you go to Walmart, buy yourself a I shotgun and a, and a deer tag, and you're good to go. You know, it's no, you know, if you have a hunter safety course, you're good. You know, mm-hmm. all you need is that hunter safety, and you can do everything you want. So... It's a high bar for entry trying to learn all these states and regulations and points and applications yeah. and dates. Like, uh, it's such a high bar for entry, and it's so fun, like, to be able to take place in Western hunting. And just like it hooked you at 12 or 13, and killing a deer with your bow at that age is pretty wild, man. Yeah. I, I was right around the age where I killed my first deer with a bow, but it is a feat to hold yourself together through that buck fever, to execute a good shot on a deer yeah. like that. That changes your life and it is um uh it's like it, it's like the best most intimate interaction with nature you can get is that predator prey mm-hmm. and then to take it a step further into that western game when you oh. can go hike and hunt and use your physical fitness and then uh use your critical thinking and and be able to try to solve the problem of of western game out in the mountains you know man it's wild well it's it, life-changing and that's how that's what it that's what i loved about it right i, I just 
when you grow up in Ohio, man, and back east, Western hunting seems so far out of the reach of, like, anything that's possible, right? Because not only is it, like, a 23-hour drive to get out here, right? It, you know, you're driving all night and all day to get out here. Then you got to, you know, uh, you can't afford it, yeah. right? It's a couple thousand bucks, right? I had $7 when I got drafted. Do you think I had enough to pay for it? <laughs> you got Western hunting? No. But when I, and then I got drafted here, and I was like, man, like, you know, spending time up in, up in the mountains. I was like, I can't wait till I can hunt this, you know, do, you know, get on these hunts. And I just... Like, I didn't want to, like, focus on it too much because if I'm – I have ADHD, so when I lock in on something, it's over. Like, I'm locked in on it. Like, mm-hmm. it's – you know, there's no getting away from it. All or none. It's hyper-focused. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't focus on anything else in my yeah, life man. unless I – until I accomplish this goal. And I was like that with football. So, like, I just keep my focus on football, and then when I'm done, I'll be able to do this hunting stuff. Yeah, it'll, yeah. it'll work, you know. So, so, I just, so now you're making up for lost time, So I time, made up right? for lost time this fall. Yeah, good so, for you, yeah, man. So I got my first in, – in the spring, I got my first bear. With a oh, bow. Congratulations. With a bow? Yeah, with a bow. Oh, man, it's intense with a bow and arrow. Cool, That's man. not like shooting other ungulates. Like, no. you shoot one of those, they don't run away. They bite and roar and bite at the arrow. Yeah. And, and and I've been charged by a couple of them that I've shot with arrows. So uh, that is entry-level dangerous game. And you got to be uh, uh, on your skill set, on your shooting, on your stalking, because yeah. uh, your life's on the line and stuff like that. Yeah, it was uh, – Yeah. I mean, you well, here's the thing. Well, so, 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 for, oh, yeah, so, I'll, so I'll walk you through the, I'll walk you through my whole, my whole first <laughs> yeah, yeah. season out. Love to hear. My first year out of retirement, right? So, March, I do a um, free range bison down in New Mexico with right my bow. On man, eighty yard heart shot and hammered him. Um, Congratulations! Yeah, That's thank killer. you, man. It was awesome. And then, um, you know, harvested that guy, and he was just like, I was like, this is unreal. I can't wait. And then in May, we go up to um, the wagon hound. Uh, a good friend of mine, Dax McCartney, yeah. is the head guide up there. And um, actually, it's funny because my sister-in-law went to high school with him and is good friends with his wife. And that's how we got connected. And he was like, you want to come up here and hunt a bear? It's just over the counter. And I was like, yeah, let's go. And so we went up there and hunted turkeys and bear. And, and that was in May. And I was able to harvest one on the second day I was up there. Uh, just got lucky, man, really. You know, I just went down there and sat behind a tree and waited for him. <laughs> you know, threw a dead beaver under some logs and yeah, waited yeah. for him to come, you know. And he, he was like, you never know. You could come or you couldn't, you know, just – well, let's just try it. And I was like, all right. And he did. He came, came down out of there. And he was a 300-pound bear. And I got a cool picture of me carrying him off the mountain. That's a on beast my, of a bear. What color? All black. Jet black. All jet yeah. black. He had a call on his shoulder, huh? Yeah, I threw him on my shoulders and carried him down out of there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was 300 pounds. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I got people like, oh, okay, 300 pounds. But you got to remember, man, I'm used to doing like, you know, single leg squats with like 400 pounds, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it's I'm, dead weight though. Like a oh, bear is tough. It's, well, it's not, not a, even dead weight. It's like carrying a gallon of a big old thing of water because <laughs> yeah, exactly. all that yeah. fat yeah. moving back and forth. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? But it was like oh, you're so oh, strong. Oh, but I bet yeah. you even had to struggle. Oh, with that it was hard. Sure, right? It was hard. I was. Yeah. It was hard. It was hard to do. That's, I was, that's you cool, know, it was man. only like a 70 yard carry, but it was downhill. You know what I mean? And downhill, when you're a big guy, your knees are taking all the brunt. Your knees and hips. So, yeah, we got him down, and then. And then we were, I, I was all excited because my wife got me a uh, Unit 34 New Mexico elk tag for Christmas. Oh, amazing, man. So um, so I've been waiting. All, I couldn't wait for that. You know, that was the Christmas before that she got that for mm-hmm. me. So I was like, yes, because she knew I was going to retire. Yeah, yeah. You got she, to go experience the rut. So I got to go experience. So I cut my teeth, though, first. I did it the right way. I did it the way you're supposed to. I went over the counter. The week before that, I went over the counter Colorado mm-hmm. and got – you know, excuse my language, got my dick drove right into the dirt. <laughs> I did 60 miles in like four days and didn't see a single deer or elk. I saw a doe deer. That's it. Like, I didn't have a deer tag even. So, it was all I saw, I didn't see a single elk. I went through a mile and a half of blowdown, didn't touch the ground once. It was, got our butts kicked. And then, um, so after that, then I went down to Unit 34, and it was like Jurassic Park down there, man. I was in heaven. <laughs> it so was cool. the most beautiful thing I've ever been. I mean, I – It's the most thrilling hunting oh, you can do for elk during oh. the rut and during the bugle. Isn't that intense, man? Yeah, you, and get in so on a, you get in on a herd, and you got three or four satellite bulls trying to get this herd bulls and cows, and he's just like screaming nonstop, chasing bulls, <laughs> fighting, raking everything he sees, you know. I was fired up, man. I was so excited. And That'll then, change your life, yeah. won't it? And, yeah. I, and I filmed all this. Everything oh, is on how film. Cool. Yeah. Right? Where For, can we watch it at? Uh, it'll be. You'll, we're going to start dropping episodes in March. Um, uh, sorry, my phone's ringing. Oh, no worries. Um, but anyways, we're, we're going to start dropping episodes in March before I go on Joe Rogan's podcast. Right on, man. Um, so March 2nd, I'm going to be nice. going on his podcast. And um, so before that, we're going to drop our first episode. And then in August, we're going to start dropping all the, uh, all the deer, that I, deer and elk that I did. Because in a 10-day stretch from New Mexico... So I, on the fifth day in New Mexico, I was able to get a big five by five, um, perfect shot, 42 yards. You know, he ran 80 yards and laid down. And man, that is not easy to do. It was tough, man. And we went, I mean, six, we did, we did 60 something miles in four and a half days. And, uh, the third, the third day 
Well, the fourth day we got stuck in a rainstorm, didn't have our rain gear with us because earlier that day it was hot and we did like 12 miles. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, I'm taking this out of here. Like, I'm tired of carrying this stuff. And what do you know? We get stuck <laughs> in a rainstorm, <laughs> lightning storm, everything's soaked. You know, we're, we're sleeping in, um, in, um, in guide tents, so yeah. there's no, you know, boot warmers or none of that, you know, washer and dryer, none of that stuff, right? So I just put that wet, those wet boots right on in the morning, you know. <laughs> squeeze my feet in there and just like let's go man like i i love it so man, i don't if care any, yeah well you know how to grind right and right, it's so right. tough to have or it's so uh enjoyable to have something you're so passionate about but then like anything worth having uh takes hard work and effort and dedication yeah. and and so all these characteristics that you've built over the years to build your career and get to where you got now you're able to put it into this love of bow hunting so right. man i bet you can grind with the best of them on a hunt like oh, that I, and I'll, when we get to the cat hunt you'll see how I, i'll push i'll keep going i'm not gonna quit like that's the one thing about me you know uh you know old man that i lived on a black angus farm in high school and he used to say you're like an old harley he's like it takes a while to get you kick-started but once you get going you don't stop <laughs> so, we used to call him rawhide that was his nickname but uh yeah so I, so i was able to connect on that on that elk man and uh you know i've sat quarterbacks in the super bowl and uh made some of the biggest plays and had eighty thousand people screaming your name and howling and last name is wolf so i make yeah, a play yeah. they start howling um and but i nothing ever brought tears to my eyes right when i put my hands on that elk man i had tears out of my coming out of my eyes so that was like a dream come true for me um yeah. always dreamed of that you're gonna That's make brian so cool. start crying i can't cry in front of him but man i want to yeah, yeah i was hooked man yeah, i was yeah. hooked on it man and then uh you know i drew my general deer tag in wyoming as well so we drove straight from there um home and had a retirement party so my wife threw a big retirement party for me. So we did the retirement party. Then the next morning, I jumped in the truck and drove up the, up to the wagon hound, and put a stock on it. I we just got lucky, man. This double drop time mule deer came, you know, just coming through this cornfield, and we got on the train tracks and stalked him for about a mile. And I finally got he finally gave me a 50 yard shot, and I was like, flat and hammered him, um, smacked him, and he died. You know, he expired like. 80 yards from there. You know? Man, this is what happened when you <laughs> it, when you give a professional athlete a bow. Yeah. Like, it is one of Stuff the toughest dies. challenges on planet Earth. And to have you come out of retirement and have a season like this and really showcase your skills, man, that is amazing. It's Thank super you. impressive. Thank you. Well, but did you get a coyote with a bow? Not yet. That's that's. Well, that's I'm going to go. Well, I'm going to try to do it. My net, I'm try, I was talking to some guys last night, and we're going to get it set up. I'm going to do a wolf with my bow. Nice. We're gonna try to get a wolf because cool. they know that I'll push. Like they know that I'll do. I'll grind it out. Like mm -hmm. we'll get him. You ever killed a coyote on any hunt? Yeah, ever? I've killed a bunch of coyotes. Yeah. Let me. I, so on my podcast, when there's I coyotes guys, everywhere. I always, Ohio, I always got to get guys' first coyote kill story because like everybody remembers the first coyote, whether it was out the truck window, across the hood, sitting in the deer stand. Uh, it was off you, a back. It was off I've, a back porch on a back porch? on a dead calf. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, yeah. It was it was yeah. cool, man. I did a bunch of fox too. I um, in Maryland. I'll I'll tell you about Maryland. Maryland was. I, I had a in Maryland you get um, unlimited doe tags, in Maryland and you get three buck tags, um, so you get a two two regular buck tags and then a bonus tag, so you could do it with like a. That's what's helped you like become that. the hunter you are, right? Because I was experience up, and, is the and best I, teacher. And I was in Maryland for two years during yeah. COVID, and we weren't in the meeting room, so I was doing my meetings from the tree stand. I was sitting in a tree saddle. Nice. You know, yeah. I, yeah. Used a cool. I used a trophy line, and then those guys hooked it up for me, and I, I was like, I feel comfortable in these, so I'm gonna hunt and hunt out of these. So I'll climb up 25 feet and hang out and do my meetings up there yeah yeah throw the he headphones in and you know just i had uh, depredation tags and stuff like that you know to because there was a big soybean field on the place i lived at i was living so they were like you know take them all out please like they're just destroying our crops i was like all right so i was just hammering good hammering those all day yeah, you know such good 16 practice. 16 of them last year okay yeah 2021 i did 16 man that's putting that's good in practice. work good yeah. meat too oh great meat and it's great and then maryland has these cool programs where you could donate that meat to for to homeless shelters oh, yeah. and stuff yeah. so yeah so we donated a ton of that meat you know cool. i can't eat 16 deer you know <laughs> never eat it never do it just sit in the freezer <laughs> yeah, so yeah. so um so yeah we went up to the wagon out and i was able to do that and then uh, Dax was my buddy. Dax was like, "You gonna stay and hang out?" And I was like, "No, man, we're going down to Sawash. Try to. I got another. I had a, um, a another management tag, a depredation tag on a on a mule deer down there with my buddy Clay Hill in Sawash. And he was like, he was like, "Hey, man, we got this giant fork buck down here. You want to try to put a stock on him? They've been hunting him all year. Can't get him. He's like a nine year old buck." And I was like, "Yeah, let's go." So um, I go down that first morning. Uh, we see him laying out in the middle of the field, and he wouldn't move, and he just, just like, kind of had all his does around him, and he was getting ready to rut, you know, so I'm like, I'm like, dude, we, I was like, this isn't going to happen, you know, we're not going to make it happen. So he starts moving, heading towards these willows, these big, tall, 12-foot willows, man. He starts heading into them, and I was like, we got to go down there and try to cut them off. Our wind is right, 
And I got down into the creek and walked through the creek and got up, got up in there and pulled my boat and got into full draw and just stepped up out of the creek in full draw. And I was like, how far is he? He's like, 80. And I was like, how about now? He's like, 72. <laughs> and Clay, Clay Hills, my he's a good, really good friend of mine, uh, he goes, Mrrr, stops him. And I was like, swam, hammered him at 72 yards. It was windy. Great shot. Uh, but through both shoulders. And, uh, you know, he didn't even make it far. Um, and he, fit, he rolled over and, and died. And then that was, uh, like, to me, that buck was just so – he weighed 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the processor thought it was a cow elk because, you know, we had him, <laughs> skip, you know, we had him caped out and took, just took the meat and, and carcass in there. And what the, a specimen. Yeah, they, yeah, he was like, is this a cow elk? I was like, no, it's a mule deer. He's like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Do you think all the pressure of the NFL and playing in those games and performing at the highest level under this intense amount of stress and pressure under the, you know, with the best athletes on planet Earth, do you think that prepared you for keeping your calm and executing these shots on these animals? Because those are some incredible did. shots. I know it did. I know it did because what it's crazy because I just like when the crowd gets going crazy, it's all this noise around you and people are screaming and yelling and there's all these calls going on. And you have to just laser focus. Like all that's just noise. Like I'm focused on one thing, right? Mm-hmm. See ball, get ball. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it's like I, I lock in on that kill zone and that's I'm taking like – Focused I intensity. Focus. I don't get yeah. panicked in those situations, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. I can slow my heart rate. I can, yeah. you know, I can breathe through it and, and just, like, make it happen. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the craziest thing, the most intense thing that I've done was the next hunt. I went down to South Texas, and um, I used one of those Ultimate Predator decoys on the front of my, you know, Danny Ferris with, uh, with Ultimate Predator. He lives right there in Colorado, and I hit him up. I was like, hey, man, do you think one of those will cover me up and so I can spot and stalk a whitetail? <laughs> and he was like, oh, we could try it, you know? So I was like, all right, I'll put it on the bow. And he's like, if they stop, just flick the ear and make it look real, and, and they'll keep coming. I was like, all right. And that happened. We just we went into all those sagebrush, all that, uh, that mesquite brush mesquite, and started yeah. rattling horns and walking senderos. And uh, we had a couple of them that just outsmarted us, coming, by, you know, rolled behind us. And, yeah, you know, finally I got to an area where they couldn't get behind me without me seeing them. And uh, this buck came, you know, he had two, two little bucks were coming down, and then they took off. And I was like, what? the wind's great. They, there's no way they saw me. I was like, what's going on? And then I see him, this big eight-point, boom, 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 just, you know, busting through it, man. He comes, <laughs> he stops at 40, and he's staring right at me. And I, I'm holding, I, got a, I shoot a Hoyt high line, and I'm sitting there with the Hoyt. And I got the, I'm hot, trying my best to hide behind it, but it's funny on camera. It's not hiding me at all. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> but he don't care. All he sees is that deer, right? Yeah. And then I flick the ear. Just like he said, and he was like, boom, boom, took two more bounds, and I knew that that was 30 yards because I had pre-ranged it. And I just drew back, and I stood up as slow as I possibly can, and I had to, it was a frontal, shot him right in, right, in, um, right in the chest, and it was a good shot. He ran up and laid down about 150 yards up on top of the hill, um, got bumped again by another deer, and I was like, oh, no. You know, it must not have been a great shot if he's up again. But once we, we waited for two, three hours and then went up over this other side of the hill, and he was laying there. Um, but that was intense, man. Because white, like I grew up hunting whitetail, man. So getting close to him, mm-hmm. it's hard. So to have one come in there and he was being so aggressive and he was like, you might have to, he told me, Danny told me, he's like, you might have to shoot him out of self-defense because he's going to be coming. <laughs> um, and I, he, wasn't, he wasn't wrong. And it was awesome. That's so intense, Yeah, it was man. so intense, man. It was so fun. Um, and then those frontal shots are so good. Just like you need to be at the closer range. So that wasn't like the 80-yard shot, but having them at 30, it's just a more precise shot. It's reading a tighter angles shot. on those animals, but you put it in the right spot, they don't make it. Yeah, anymore. they won't make it. Yeah. You just got to do it right, man. Yep. They can't be quartering at all. They got to be facing right at you. Yep. Um, and you got to – that's just the way it's got to be. Smaller kill zone, so it takes a precise yep. arrow, but it'll do the job when it'll you put do it in the, the right job. spot. Yeah. yeah. So then uh, – uh, then I took a, took a little break and just did some goose hunting and some duck hunting. I uh, went down to Stuttgart and got my first – I got spoiled down there on duck in, in Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, became friends with uh, Bobby Ritchie, Kid Rock down there. And, um, you know, he loves the duck hunt too. He loves, he yeah. loves hunting. So uh, we became friends down there at that, at that duck camp, man. And he was like – you know, he's been a big help for me, you know, through yeah. this stuff and introducing me to people and uh, introduced me to Ted. And, you know, now Nugent and I are buds. <laughs> awesome guy, you know. <laughs> just loves it right he loves this stuff and um then uh my buddy alex Nestor calls me he goes hey we got a fresh snow coming tomorrow you know he's like this is like two weeks ago right now this that lion hunt was only two three weeks ago so he calls me he's like, we got a fresh snow coming in he's like you want to you know you want to because i've been telling him i want to try to hunt a lion with my bow and he was like all right well i know where's there's some big ones like let's try to go get one and i was like all right i'm there i jumped in the truck drove up there early uh got up there at first light and started trying to cut tracks well we <laughs> We come up on these tracks, man, and 
they're big big old tracks and i was like oh man like these are the first big cat tracks i've ever seen you know i got a property that we see cat tracks but they're just you know females and kittens and stuff like that and sub-adult males nothing huge um because they just don't want to they don't they're not trying to kill the elk up there you know they're trying to they want they want deer mm -hmm. uh those those cats but the this cat i was like oh this is gonna be fun and he had a full-grown mule deer he had these tracks going back and forth from this house. And I was like, what is going on here? Like going up to the house back, up the house back. I was like, I look, we look under the tree. He's got a, a steaming mule deer under there. It's still steaming. It was still warm. So he just killed it that morning. Man, the so, most so back up a minute. I, I watched your interview with Tucker Carlson, right? And it talked about that this lion had killed a couple dogs. Like, was this like a little – explain me the layout of this because it – Well, that's what I was going to – I'm going to get into like the whole story. Like right, I'm going yeah, like to right. walk you through the, how, the, how it all went down. Yeah. Because, it, because they made it sound – like the way it sounds is yeah, that like – You're shooting right down. Yeah, like, oh, there's a – you know, there's a lion that's wreaking havoc, right? And the bat signal went up and the wolf showed up, right? Like, that's not what happened. Yeah. We were out lion hunting, man. And we, and we got lucky enough to come across the cat that was actually causing problems in the neighborhood. Um, and it wasn't, it's not, this isn't like a residential area. This is a mountain town. It's not even really a town. It's just people that live up there in those mountains, right? Yeah, houses scattered. Yeah, there's houses scattered, a little dude mile, ranch here. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of public land. And um, so it's like, it's mountainous, right? But it's still... Um, you know, what happened was we, you know, we, we see that he's eating this deer, he's eating on this deer and he's going up to this porch and he's coming back. And I'm like, I bet he's living under that porch. I bet he's denned up under there. Um, so we followed those tracks up onto this guy's property, knocked on the door and he didn't answer. Um, so we were like, okay, what do we do now? So for the next two hours, we just made phone calls, just calling neighbors. And uh, the neighbors were all telling us stories about how many lions they keep seeing up there. And uh, the one guy was kind of an anti, and he was like, what do you want to do with that cat? What are you bothering that cat for, you know? And we were like this, and he's like, well, I did hear about a cat killing a dog over there, you know? And he's, he's like, you know, and people are like, well, CPW didn't report it. Yeah, well, because people up there don't want to deal with CPW. They live up there for a reason. They don't want to be bothered well, sure, by, yeah. like, if a dog gets killed, they're like, okay, cat, you know, cat got my dog. Like, that's the way it goes, yeah. you know? Sometimes it happens. Um, but then we talked to this woman, and she was like, yeah, I don't come out at night because there's big lions up there that – they harassed my dogs, and I think they got one of my dogs last year, and he just went missing. But, you know, I didn't find – you're not going to find that dog if yeah, the cat takes course, him. Yeah. You know? You're not going to find him, so they just go missing. Um, so, anyways, we – for the next two hours, we just made phone calls and uh, try, trying to get a hold of this landowner so we could, you know, cut those tracks with the hounds. Um, <laughs> and it was funny because we, we were like almost about to give up. We were just – we were about to be like, ah, oh, it's not going to happen. Let's go try to find some more tracks, you know, somewhere else and, and call it. And, we go driving down there to see if maybe he crossed the road somewhere else trying to get down to his kill and on, over on the public so we could take the public. And I'm talking just straight up and down cliffs. Like, this stuff is not going to be easy to get through. The only place that we could go was through this guy's property that was any kind of, you know, access. Well, we're driving down the road, and here he comes. He's out there. He's like, hey, guys, you know, waving at us. He's like, you guys hunting lions? And we're like, yeah. He's like, you see the tracks going across my yard? And we're like, yeah, he's sleeping <laughs> under your porch, man. He's denned up under there. And he's like, you guys going to go get him? We're like, if you love, can we go on your property? He's like, absolutely. So it nice. was on, man. We got the, got the hounds out, and they went straight to that porch, right under the porch. He was denned up under there. He wasn't sleeping there at that moment, but, like, that's where he'd been denned up, you know, waiting for deer to come down and, and get a drink out of the creek across the street. Um, he had, like, the perfect vantage point there, you know. So he was just waiting for him. Strategic, yeah. right? Those oh, things are, so, are the, the best so hunters, smart. aren't they? Had the old man seen it? Have oh, yeah. Seen the cat yeah. He, he said, he said, I heard something on my porch. I thought it was that lion. I said, no, that was us. <laughs> you know? I said, that was us. He's like, well, I think he's up here walking around sometimes looking in my windows. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, this. so we get the hound and they go straight up. They go straight up. And I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. You know, I was like, I couldn't wait. Right. To me, I love a challenge. Right. And I love a physical challenge. But I don't know what I was really getting into yet. Um, this is my first lion hunt. Mm -hmm. Were you so, watching them on the GPS at that point? Yeah. 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 But Those we, cat but we are just, crazy, aren't they? But, but, I'm, go but for it. they go, right? Yeah. He has to stay with his dogs. Yep. So I'm like, I'm just trying to follow him, right? And the more, the further we go up this mountain, the further he gets ahead of me because I'm just slipping and sliding the whole way, right? Um, it's hard to get mountaineering boots in a yeah. size 15. So <laughs> yeah. if there's any companies out there that want to make a size 15, yeah. Go ahead and make one, please, because I would love it. Because it's tough, you know, uh -huh. uh, with those slippery boots, you know, trying to get around. Yeah. Um, so. So we get up to the top, and he's like, oh, maybe we should go down the other side and work up that drainage. I was like, oh, all right. So we slide down. We, first we side-hilled down, and then we were just slipping and sliding the whole way. So we just slid on our butts all the way down pretty much, just getting ripped up and tore up by rocks. And um, You know, it's, we're at 11,000 feet at the top of that, so all the way back down to nine, like 8,000, 9,000 in between there somewhere. Um, and then we walk up to that drainage, and I just was following him, and 
he got getting further and further away from me because I was just like crawling, right? <laughs> I was just slipping and sliding, crawling through that, you know, two, three feet of snow right there. You know, lifting your legs up, that just wears you out. Okay. Post tolling, yeah. yeah. Uh, five times as tough as dry dirt. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's terrible. Uh, but I, I, like I said, I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I got my dreads are all hanging out. I got them tied up right now, but when the dreads are out, I look crazy. You're so in th- an so adventure. At point, so at this point, the. Were the lions, were the dogs on the line? Did they have to treat They treat or? it twice before I could get to them because it was like gotcha. such a miserable terrain. I couldn't get through it fast yeah, enough. Yeah. Um, but they had to treat once, then he jumped, and then they got him treat again. He jumped again, and then he went branch to branch on the last one, I guess, is what he said. Um, he just went to another branch on, in the tree. So finally he keeps calling. He's like, where are you at? Hurry up. You know, he's yelling at me. I'm like, he's like, we're going to lose this lion. <laughs> He's like, this is the one we want. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm coming, dude. I'm, I, you keep calling me. You're slowing me down, right? <laughs> Ramps up the intensity. Yeah, and right? he's like, well, when you get on my, he's like, are you still on my tracks? I was just following his tracks, right? And they, I get to this point where it goes up and it comes back down because he didn't want to go straight up the mountain. He said, when it goes up, just keep going up. I said, all right. So I go straight up. And he's like, walk that ridge and then get on my tracks again. And then he calls me again and he says, I'm going to drop a pin. Come right to the pin, straight to it. I'm like, okay. So he drops the pin. I go straight to the pin, and it's the road. He's calling you on the cell phone? Yeah, we okay, had service yeah, up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, we had service. So he's calling me a little bit, right? So it was, like, real spotty. So, like, sometimes his call would come through, and I could hear him. But most of the time, I was like, it was just him yelling and, <laughs> burr, burr, you know, dogs are, you know, barking and howling. And um, <laughs> so, so I get down to the road, and I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, I'm down here at the pin. Where are you at? And he's like, you're on the pin? And I was like, yeah. He's like, no. I said to drop down to the pin. I said, dude, you said come straight to the pin. <laughs> he said, oh, no. He starts cussing at me. He's like, you got to come up, back up. And I was like, no way. I got to go. Oh, dude, by up. this point, my hamstrings, my quads, my rib cage, my forearms, everything's locked up. Um, full body cramping. Like the dehydration was kicking in bad, right? Jeez. And the altitude, of, you know, 10,000 feet. How, how long have you been on, on the hike at this point, probably? Four or five hours. Oh, jeez. You know, <laughs> just crawling, too, because yeah. I couldn't walk because I would just slip and fall. And I have my bow in one hand. My hands are numb. I'm beet red. My face is pale white. I look crazy because I kept taking videos and pictures of myself like, oh, I look bad. I look rough. You know, yeah. my, I, uh, my beard's just full of ice and snow because I kept f- slipping and falling and rolling down the hill. And, <laughs> you know. And then on the, he said, come straight to the, to the pin. I just, like, hauled, I hauled ass over there, right? I'm just rolling down the hill pretty much, you know, just sliding and slipping and falling and um, getting my pants all ripped up. I had a can of chew in my back pocket. It ripped the whole pocket off, you know. Oh, <laughs> you know? So finally, I, he was like, I, he was only, it was like 700 yards I had to get to. And it was, he was at uh, almost 10,000 feet where that, that lion was treed. And you could barely hear the hound still. And I was right below him. And I was like, oh, no. And it was in this, I mean, straight up and down in a cut like this, right? Mm-hmm. So like a V in that mountain, like this big drainage coming down the mountain. And it was just cliffy on both sides and trees and fallen trees everywhere. So I just started, I just crawled. I crawled all the way up and just kept crawling. I'd take three steps and slide back down a little bit. And I just kept going. It took me like an hour and a half to get up to him. And it was only 70 yards or <laughs> 700 yards. Um, I would, I can't, it was like seven to 900 yards, something like that. But at one point I got a video of it. I'm laying under the tree, and I'm, I finally made it to him. So I, like, lay down, and I look up, and the cat is just staring at me. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, you know, like, this is getting real now. Okay, you know. He's like, come on, you got to get up here, you know. And I was like, I was like I'm going to shoot him from here. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, no, you got to get up here and shoot him. I was like, all right. So I get up, and I, I climb up there, and my, I'm talking. My heart is just pounding from, you know, and I can't breathe. And I just was able to lock it in. I just, like, slowed my breathing controlled it my and like ignored the cramps ignored everything else that was going on around me here we go game yeah. time and i right? said I, he and he was like put it right in his chest and he was like right but right below that white spot and i said all right and drew back and made a perfect shot on him as steep as it was were you able to get up like almost i high did level? i was like eye level like, yeah, yeah. it was still an, and it was still i still had i had never shot anything up with my bow i've shot down and you know an eye level but nothing ever like with that because that's a whole different motion, right? It is, yeah. The cam that you had to do, the, the camming and stuff that I had to do on that was like, so my feet are uneven, right? Um, it's slippery, so I can't like dig my feet in really. So I just have to pull back and come up real slow. And I come up real slow, and he goes, I'm ready. And I just was like, swam, hammered him. And he was like, good shot. And I knew it was a good shot. Straight past so, Yeah, yeah. Well, it went, it's crazy because it hit him in the chest and went in, and he reached down and bit the arrow as it was going in. Because the arrow ended up, like, back by his butt, you know? But that means he caught that arrow on, a, on its way in him. No kidding. 
Like the reflexes <laughs> on this thing is just, I'll show it to you when we're done in slow motion. You can see him grab that arrow and spit out the, the fletching. <laughs> Insane. Like snap that TKO in half, right? And that's, yeah. you know, carbon fiber that infused. That is crazy, with man. I think they put titanium in those things, that right? Like crazy. stainless steel or something. Like he snapped that arrow right in half. Um, and I was like, whoa, you know, he landed and I just laid down. I just was laid down. Was he dead when he hit the, I mean, he, he hit the ground, and you, I didn't hear any running or anything. I just yeah. heard some stumbling around down there, and then you're exhausted, physically, physically mentally, yeah. emotionally. Everything. Like it's just taken everything yeah. to get up there to make that yeah. job. Man. Yeah, it took everything, and then um, I just so I just sat up there for a while and uh, got the dogs collared, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Put the he heard, t- got the dogs un- unleashed," and he's like, "Unleash the dogs and send them down when I get down here," because he wanted to go down there and make sure he was done, you know, so the dogs don't go down there and get tore up. So he goes down. He's like, oh, yeah, we got a dead cat. You know, he's all fired up. And I'm like, yeah. is he a big one? And he's like, he's huge. You know, <laughs> hurry up, get down yeah. here. And it took me forever just to get the leashes off the dogs. Cause I'm just like, uh, you know, just a zombie up there. Um, get the dogs off. And they go down there. And um, I just started crawling, right? So I crawled down to him. I couldn't walk. When I tell you I couldn't walk, like, every step I took, my legs were just Charlie horsing. So, like, I was just falling. So I was like, I, I got to crawl. So I just crawled down to him. And he's like, all right, we got to get a picture with him because he's huge. You got to see how big he is. He's like, this will show how big he is with you holding him because you know, I'm six foot five, six foot six, you know, 285 yeah. pounds. And if I'm holding something that makes, it look, makes me look small, you know it's big, right? <laughs> That's what's so impressive, right, is I've seen cats look big when guys hold them up. Yeah, yeah. But then to see you in person and how big that cat looked, man, that thing is world yeah. class. Yeah. What a giant Just a once-in-a-lifetime cat. cat, right? You know, yeah. like you don't get to see the – and CPW even said they're like, listen, man, most of the lions that we that we see are 140 to 160 pounds, and those are big. That's those a are big, big lions. Yeah. yeah. And he's and it was when we came, we came, so I'll finish the story and then we'll talk yep. about what the CPW when he weighed him. Um, so what we did, we gutted him out after we took a picture. I didn't want to take a picture. I was so tired. I don't want to lift him up. I was like, dude, I don't want to pick this thing up right now. <laughs> he's like, I'm telling you, you got to pick him up. He's huge. We got to show how big he is, you know. And I was like, all right. So I did. And, it, and I'm like, hurry up, you know, yelling at him, you know. And he finally gets a good picture. And I took one of him holding it. And, he, you know, he looks like a baby holding it. You know, <laughs> you know, he looks like a baby holding a big old bobcat, you know. And he's like, he's like, uh, he's like all right, we're going to get him. Good. So we got him out. And I'm telling you, man, his, he had so much food in him. Like, I couldn't believe how much food. He had probably 50 pounds of guts in him. And, and then we took all, you know, drained, it, drained the blood out a little bit just to make him lighter. And I laid him across that kafaru pack sideways so head out the right side and his butt and tail hanging out the left side just draped him over and it was uh and i was like man this feels heavy for a mountain lion like real heavy and um i couldn't walk again so i just got on my hands and knees and crawled backwards crawled backwards down the hill all the way down and when i say hill it was a mountain um and then uh there was a little rock face that i had to get across i had to like kind of go like shimmy across and i was like i gotta walk this part and I took one step on that rock, and my feet came out from under me. Oh, no. <laughs> Bam! He landed on my back, and it was a 10-foot drop off of there. And I slid off, and I just put my arms across my chest and just, you know, here we go. <laughs> Whatever oh, happens, man. happens. Oh. And I landed, and it was like I was fine. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, that was lucky. But my pack was all screwed up, and the cap, I had to repack on that mount. On the, you know how it is taking your pack off on those hills. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. And then so I did it, and it took me like 10 minutes to get them reloaded in there. And, um, put the pack back on, turned back around, and kept going, right? And finally, I get down there and lay the cat up there, and I was just done. So did you only have to get down to the road where he dropped that original Yeah, because he went down there, and then he walked all the way down. Like a, it's like a, a probably, I don't know, half a mile. Yeah. He yeah. walked down. So he went a half a mile, got his truck, and got the dogs loaded up and came back. And I still wasn't down. I didn't make feel like a wuss, dude. Oh. You're like watching this guy just go up and dude, down. Dude, he's just up and down. <laughs> Nestor's like a goat, man. He's just a mountain goat up there. Just up and down, no problem. He's like, yeah. he kept saying, he's like, you're a professional athlete. You should be embarrassed. Yeah. Like, you should be embarrassed. <laughs> what a great friend that you yeah. were. Oh, he's the worst. He'll yeah. give you some yeah. hell, too. He's the worst. But, you know, he did. He was like, come on, one last push. You Look. know, he kept saying, he was like a coach up there yeah. yelling yeah. at me, you know. And, but, uh, well, but it it's was like great. these things, those guys, they get so conditioned to the mountains. When they do it day in, day out, and they do it for years, all of a sudden they're built for those snowy mountains because they've been doing it their whole life. Yeah. So to bring you in that has never done or never been in that, Not in the snow in like that, that kind of snow yeah. and done that tracking, I can see where uh, oh, you know, he, would, he would thrive in even as good a shape as you are to struggle up those snowy hills, man. That's tough going. <laughs> whipped me. He whipped me. I, when, he, when I got up there, he's like, I could kick your ass right now, couldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you could try. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, so we, so we get the like I said, we get him in the truck and we're driving back to his house and um, the next so we did the next, we let him wait because the, the CPW was closed because of the weather, so I couldn't get the cat checked in the first day, so I had to wait. So the next day I drove back up and we uh, caped him out. And whenever I met with CPW and uh, the game warden was like, let's weigh him. Let's see what he weighs caped out and, and meat, right? 173 pounds. Oh, my oh. God. So no guts or blood or food oh or water God. in him. And that is incredible. So he was 200 plus, out. you know? Yeah, 200 yeah. plus. Yeah. Hear a cat's like that, but boy. Eight, yeah. to, to eight, put one eight on foot, the scale. seven inches long, eight foot, six inches. Like, yeah, he was. What a cat. Alpha. Huge. Yeah, he was the alpha for sure. Um, but the yeah. Agent, it, did they age him? Uh, yeah, well, they took his tooth, so he, he was like, he's probably six years old, seven exactly. years old. Yeah. Fully mature. Fully mature. Yep. Yeah. Is that old? I don't I guess I don't, is that, you might know more, Brian. Is that like a, you just, uh, uh, a, a real is mature. That old age? Or they is that could, like he said prime. he was, he said he's in his prime. Yeah, yeah he's prime. like, this is a prime, prime line. This is what you want. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's like, these are the ones that are going to be out killing kittens. And when I say kittens, I'm talking about, um, uh, you know, cubs, you know, they, yeah, 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 line, so try yeah, to keep them, try to keep them in heat, you know, because they breed year round, they kill indiscriminately and. You know, a couple more years, he's going to be too old to be taking down deer. So what do you think he's going after next? Yeah. People. And there's a lot of people that hike on, on those trails up in there. And so it's just a matter of time, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, just down the road in Bailey, there was an eight-year-old that got taken off. taken off. A, I think it was a trampoline. Don't quote me on that. But I know an eight-year-old got attacked by a lion just down the road, like mm-hmm. eight miles. So, you know, they're. Man, if they had a different mentality, like a, a mountain lion like that gets, where it starts seeing humans as food and grabs that girl out there. But. Uh, if they had a different attitude in the mountains, all of us would be scared. If they had like the attitude of a lion, where they're really looking to uh, find and attack oh, yeah, humans yeah. going around, man, it would be scary walking around the woods because they're the ultimate predator. Oh, they're sure. so sneaky, and their claws. Did you see their claws, Derek? Where they like? Hold on one second. Yeah, I think the yeah. sheep. I think the sheep draws start. Yep. They're starting to draw. Go ahead. Okay, I'm on my way. Yeah. You got to run, man. Go draw that sheep tag. Thanks yeah. so much for joining I gotta us. Run. I'll come jump on again. No, and we could. I mean, that's really everything that's going on. But with, yeah. if you guys want to follow along with what I got going on, you know, we're doing a lot of cool legislation with the with the Wolf Project, mm-hmm. um, and then we're gonna do a lot of filming with some um, some really cool guys, right? We're taking some special forces guys out and some some really cool vets. We're gonna call it Wolf's Warriors. Um, but you want to follow along my hunting adventures? It's uh, Wolf Untamed on YouTube. Um, check out my Instagram. I, I always put reels and stuff on of my hunts on there. So we got some cool stuff coming up this year. Man, amazing! So, check so it out. cool to hear the story, and I'm so glad uh, 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 you're in our community and a bow hunter. And uh, man, it's just amazing to hear. So thanks so much for taking the time. Of you course. better get to the draw. Yeah, I'm gonna get over the draw. Try to get one of these sheep tags. Okay. All yeah. right. Sounds good. Thank man. you, brother. Appreciate yep. it. Ah, thank you. Yeah, thanks, it. guys. Bet. All right, guys. That's a wrap. Uh, such a fun conversation with Derek, uh, man, that guy has so much passion for bow hunting. Uh, it's a, it's amazing to see and, uh, amazing to see that he can really commit himself to it now that he's retired and, uh, you can see he's putting full focus into it. Such a great 2022 season. And, uh, I know he's already working away on 2023 plans. So, uh, I'm going to keep in touch with him. Uh, we connected and, and, um, on the podcast and, and afterwards and, um, He's a really good dude, so I want to stay in touch with him. And so we'll definitely get him back on the podcast as a guy loves to talk bow hunting. So um, thanks again for him for taking the time during such a busy show. I also want to thank our sponsors for today's show. I want to thank Zamberlin, the best boots I've ever used. I've used them for the last five or six seasons. Things are just money. They have all different preferences for you there. So just go check them out. Check out their website. Uh, I guarantee it will be top-notch quality and craftsmanship. I also want to thank Cutter Stabilizers, my buddy Earl. Uh, such an evolution, these stabilizers. These things are bomb-proof. He's really worked hard on his sidebar bracket, his weights, the bars. Uh, he offers them at a really good price point. And, and if there's one thing that could really step up your game with your archery shot, uh, I think it's stabilizers. I think it's a back bar. I think it's getting a little bit longer one, playing around with the weights. Uh, just think that's the way to take your accuracy to the next level. So check them out over at Cutter. I also want to thank Black Ovis. Uh, really fun meeting those guys at the show this time around. Uh, all hunters, great company, great products, great name brand, uh, and all the top name brands as well. They carry in their uh, online internet re- retail store. 
online and internet and got both of those in there on that one but uh, no great company great guys so go check them out at black ovis uh, you can also check out camo fire a super addictive app with a bunch of new hunting deals that come up 80 new hunting deals every 12 hours and if you watch it you can get highly discounted top name brand gear with that over at eastman's like i say really good to get together with those guys and uh, have some laughs and uh, uh really nice to um to meet uh, some of you guys that came by the show and said hi. It's just so humbling to um, uh, hear you guys' support, how much you like the podcast or um, videos or whatever the case was or whatever it was that you guys like. But just really good to, to have these conversations and, and meet some of you guys face-to-face, uh, hear some of your hunting stories. We just have like so many great bow hunters, great hunters that are listening to this podcast that are improving their own game. So uh, I'm so humbled by the support. Uh, thanks for coming out if you stopped by and said hi. As always, you can reach out to me on social media. Happy to answer any questions you guys have. And um, man, we'll just keep this thing rolling. Uh, again, make sure to check out that that Mule Deer School. Oh, we also had the promo code for uh, uh, Black Ovis is Elevated 10. You'd save 10% there off your order. Uh, but yeah, check out the Mule Deer course. Uh, we have Tag Hub going right now. Of course, the magazines and Beyond the Grid. And um, super fun to get together with those Eastmans. We have some other uh, podcasts under our umbrella, so that'll be excited. We've um, you know got the Predator Pro, uh, Jim Huntsman, which is real politically involved, does a great job on his show. We have the Wingman and um, have some new things in the works as well. And, of course, this podcast, Eastman's Elevated, um, which I'm just going to – continue to put full effort into uh if not even more so really dedicate myself to bringing you guys the best recordings i can i uh, got some great ones at the expo uh, including this one so thanks to all my guests that took the time to be on and um man we're gonna keep rocking and rolling pulling for all your guys's success here in 2023 let's get some adventures lined up and uh work hard in this off season and uh get some trophy critters on the deck so Thanks, you guys. I appreciate the support. I'll check in with you next week.